Hey guys, we are so glad you're here with us at Journey Church Online. I want you to know God has something so amazing planned for you today. If you're wanting to get more information about Journey Church, we have a texting service that we want you to text. Text the phrase, my welcome to 94,000. This is how we want to help connect you with Journey Church. Also, if you want updates texted to your phone about what's going on here at Journey Church, text my journey to 94,000. As we jump into the service, I want to encourage you to share this video with someone. The small action of sharing the service can be the start of life change for whoever sees it. Welcome to Journey Online. We're so glad you have joined us again uh, this week. And uh, we're in the second part of a new series on uh, being positive in a negative world. And uh, one of the things that we, uh, you know, is obvious to all of us is there's so much negativity around us. It's uh, all over the place. It's, you know, it's with the people that we talk with. It's, uh, it's in social media. It's in the media. It's in the news. It's everywhere. And, and a lot of times, you know, in a, in a negative situation like that, we can go south. We can get real negative as well. And so what we're, we're looking at is how to, be, how to be positive in a negative world, how to be a positive influence, you know, or how to be a positive, you know, have a positive outlook or how to have, like last week, how to have a positive attitude. And as we learned last week from Paul and Silas, you know, you know we have to stay focused on God, you know, and focused on the kingdom of God. And not so much about our agenda, our goals, our world, if you will, and, but to stay focused on what God's plans are for this world. And so today, we're going to look at a different uh, biblical character. This is Nehemiah. And Nehemiah is an incredible character. And if you like leadership, this is a great book to go back and read, a book of the Bible to read. Uh, Nehemiah does an incredible job of leading the rebuilding of the wall around Jerusalem. And the, the wall around the cities was a big deal. It was, a, you know, these fortified cities, it was a sign of strength and of even honor, if you will. And so they wanted these walls rebuilt around Jerusalem. And, and so for the people, they were, it, it was almost like an embarrassment. It was a shame to them. And so Nehemiah hears this and he gets a negative report from some, some friends and family and and when he hears it, man, he's broken over the condition of his city. And so let's pick up here in this, this reading here. This Nehemiah gets a negative report. It says, They said to me, Things are not going well for those who returned to the province of Judah. They're in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down, and the gates have been destroyed by fire. Like I said, this, this wounded him. He says, When I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. That was, that was part of what represented his people. It says, Then I said, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant with, of unfailing love with those who love and obey his commands. Listen to my prayer. Look down and see me uh, praying night and day for your people, Israel. I confess that we have sinned against you. He's confessing this. Going, God, we've blown it. We've messed up. And for us as a nation, it would be a good thing for us to say, God, we have drifted. We have gotten off uh, course. We have lost focus. And so he is confessing. And then he said, yes, even my own family and I have sinned. We have sinned terribly by not obeying the commands, decrees, and regulations that you gave us through your servant Moses. The people you rescued by your great power and strong hand are your servants, O Lord. Please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of, of those of us who delight in honoring you. Please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. Put it in his heart to be kind to me. In those days, I was the king's cupbearer. And if you're familiar with the story of even, you know, that story or any others where there's a cupbearer, the cupbearer's job was to protect the king. And so 
back in the day, there was always an attempt to assassinate the king. Uh, there was always power struggles. It's nothing new. And so there was an attempt to assassinate the king. So oftentimes they would try to poison him with, with food or with drink. And so this guy's job, you know, Nehemiah's job was to taste it, feed it and die. Then the king could have it. And so he put his life on the line every day for the king. And he had served faithfully. And, and so the thing is, is, and I want us to look at a couple things here. Nehemiah, you know, as we read in this passage, we see Nehemiah was broken over the condition of his city. He's broken over the condition of his city. And, and so as he heard the news, this negative report, man, he was broken over. He was grieving. You might be thinking, Mike, I thought you were talking about being positive in a negative world. We are. We'll get there. But here's what I want you to hear is he was broken over that. God desires a broken and contrite spirit. And so here we see that Nehemiah was broken over the condition of his city. It broke his heart. It grieved him, grieved his spirit. And so he began to fast and began to pray. You know, he began to, you know, just ask God for, for, for healing. He asked God for a plan. He asked God for things. And so I love the fact that he was broken over the condition of his city, and it moved him. Nehemiah met with God first in prayer. He moved to a time with God. And, and I would just say that's one of the things that we need to do whenever we, we face negative times. Man, we've got to be willing to say, let me go to God first. Too often we want to go to someone else or we want to get on social media and rant or rage or whatever. And what we've got to be willing to do is say, God, help me to go to you first. Prayerfully consider my response to what's going on around me. The negativity that's around me, we have to go, God, give me direction. Give me wisdom on how to handle this. And that's exactly what Nehemiah did. He met with God first in prayer. He was, he was broken over his sin. He was, he was confessing his sin. So here's the next one. Nehemiah repented and took ownership of his part. Man, I would love to see people say, you know what, let me take ownership of what's going on with our nation. We always want to blame somebody else. If you're a political party, it's the other political party's responsibility. It's their fault or whatever. Here's the thing. We've all got a part in this. You know, we've allowed things to go unchecked. We've, we've moved away from being focused on God and teaching His, his uh, truth. Uh, we've gone, we've got away from loving people and, you know, and forgiving people. And, you know, it's just a, a, a mentality of hate almost out there. And so Nehemiah repented and he took ownership of his part. He's going, you know what? God, I've sinned. God, I've messed up. I've blown it. What if everybody around us would begin to, you know, repent? In other words, they would confess their sin. They would repent. That means to turn away from it and turn to God. And here's the thing. Take ownership and say, you know what? I've messed up. I've blown it. I've been racist. I've been whatever. But God, forgive me. Will you forgive me? And here's the thing. We choose to forgive those around us just as God has forgiven us. And so... We see Nehemiah, he repented and he took ownership of his part. And then this next part, look here. Nehemiah saw the need clearly. He saw the need clearly. And what we're talking about today is a positive outlook. And so here's Nehemiah getting a negative report. He's hearing negative things. And we can look around us and go, man, I'm getting a negative report every day. Every time I look on social media, every time I look at the news, it's a negative report. But what Nehemiah did is he went to God with what he had heard. And he went to God with his brokenness. And he went to God asking for a plan. And he saw that there was a need for the wall to be rebuilt. And so Nehemiah, in his time with God, he saw the need clearly. And it was to go back and to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem. And so Nehemiah saw it clearly. And then look at this last one here. Nehemiah had a vision of what, what could be. I, I think it's always important for us to be reminded that, that vision is a big deal. You know, we've got to be able to see the positive in the situation. We've got to be able to see, you know, hey, where we're going. And, and vision, the Bible says that people perish for lack of vision. And so here, Nehemiah has this vision of the walls being rebuilt. 
he begins to pray and ask God, you know, God, how, how is this going to happen? And he's asking for favor. God, if you will, you know, put it in the king's heart to respond in a positive way. Because he's going to go to the king and he's going to ask the king for some incredible things. Uh, and so let's, let's look at this next passage here. Early the following spring, in the month of Nisan, during the 20th year of King Xerxes' reign, I was serving the king his wine, and I had never before appeared sad in his presence. And so understand this. Here's, here's what Nehemiah is doing. Nehemiah is, he, he's taken months. Remember, I mean, this is in the spring of the year. He, he's waited months to prepare for this. But Nehemiah had been praying for some time. He had been thinking about this. And, and you know, he had he'd been thinking about, you know, God, how do I prepare for this? And so look at this next point right here. Nehemiah had been praying for some from three to four months for God to provide an opportunity. And so he had been pre- pre- preparing for this in prayer and thinking through the details. Hey, what will I ask? Uh, this past week, my son had, a, had an interview. And uh, he was interviewing for a job. And I was telling him, I said, hey, listen, here's the thing I would tell you. Go in as prepared as possible for whatever questions they may ask. And go in with the questions that you have. And so I told him, I said, what I believe is God answers prayer, but God also prepares the man. And so answered prayer is oftentimes God preparing us for an opportunity. A lot of people call, they talk about luck, and they say luck is when preparation and opportunity meet each other. I don't believe in luck. I believe that God prepares us for an opportunity. And so here we see Nehemiah had been praying for some Three to four months, he'd been praying about what to say and how to say it and thinking about, hey, what would it take? He was counting the cost, if you will. What's involved? What will it cost me? What will, it, what will I need? You know, and so he's prepared so whenever the question is asked, if things go well, he's going to be able to say exactly what he needs right then and there. And so, so the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. And then he says, then I was terrified. I was terrified. And so he, here's the thing you need to understand. Perceived disrespect, perceived disrespect in the king's presence could be execution. Perceived disrespect could lead to execution. We see that in the story of Esther as well, where she goes before the king. And man, if you don't walk in with a smile on, you know, and you're happy, you know, it could have cost you your life. And so just the disrespect of not honoring him and thing, you know, in, in the presence of the king could cost you your life. So whenever he asked, why are you so troubled? He was terrified. So it doesn't mean, and this is what I love, you know, being positive in outlook does not necessarily mean that there's not a little bit of trembling and fear that comes in. He was terrified. He's thinking, you know what? Here's the opportunity. Here's the moment. This is it. And he's wondering, hey, am I going to live or am I going to die? Because he's taking a step of faith here. And there are times maybe you step out to start a business. You know, you're going to have to take that step of faith. There comes a moment where you have to step out. You know, you have to take that step. When Laurie and I stepped out to plant a church, you know, for us, it was one of those things where we said, you know what, we've taught about faith, we've talked about faith, it's time to live by faith. And so when we stepped out to plant Journey Church, man, it was a, it was a scary moment, if you will. It was one of those things you knew God was leading there, but you trusted Him, even though your emotions might be, you know, revving up or whatever, you knew, you know what, this is where we're supposed to be going. And Nehemiah knew, hey, I'm supposed to go to the king with this. And, he, and God had made it clear, God had prepared that. So look at this next passage here. But I replied, long live the king, and how can I not be sad? For the city where my ancestors are buried is in ruins, and the gates have been destroyed by fire. And the king asked, well, how can I help you? What an, what an awesome response. How can I help you? How can I help you? you know, and so he, he's, he's obviously, you know, he, he, he likes this guy. This guy has put his life on the line day in, day out. 
And, and he liked this guy. But look at what he says again. He says, long live the king. How can I be sad for the city where my ancestors are buried is in ruins and the gates have been destroyed by fire. The king asked, well, how can I help you? Look at this next part. With a prayer to the God of heaven. Again, man, he hasn't given up on prayer. We talked about that last week. We pray without ceasing. And so, man, when we're talking to people, we're praying. When we're talking to people and we're sharing the gospel, we're praying. And so it doesn't mean you have to get on your knees and, you know, and, and fold up right there on the spot. But, man, you know, while you're doing things, you're praying, God, give me the words. God, give me the, the, you know, the words to share with this person so that they understand the gospel. So with a prayer to the God of heaven, I replied, if it pleases the king and if you're pleased with me. I think that's a great statement, too, because obviously he's done his job well. And he's prepared. Maybe, you know, he has done, gone above and beyond. But he says, if you're pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. You, man, you're talking about asking some big, big favors here. This is what we call the big audacious ask. The big audacious ask. So not only does he go before the king, he puts his life on the line. But, dude, he has prepared his questions. He has prepared for this moment. And so here's some of the things he asks. He asked the king to release him from his job. And, and so anyway, so the king, he doesn't know anything's going on. Or if he's aware of it, it's not a big deal to him. But it is to his cupbearer. It is to Nehemiah. And so Nehemiah asked the king to release him from his job, to go back and rebuild the walls. And the king is listening. And so here's the thing. He didn't just stop there. He, he, you know, he asked a lot of things here. So look at the next one here. He asked the king to risk his own safety. You might say, well, how did the king risk his own safety? Because here's the thing. Nehemiah had been the cupbearer for all this time, and he knew that, hey, that's the guy that I can count on. That's the guy that, you know, I trust. And so what the, he's asking the king is to find someone else to be his cupbearer, someone else to be the one to, to literally, you know, test the food and hope that he is just as faithful, he is just as loyal as Nehemiah has been. So he's asking the king to put his own safety on the line. And then look at this next one here. He's asked the king to give him an entourage. In other words, he's wanting letters and he's wanting permission and he's wanting traveling orders. And he's wanting, you know, man, he's wanting an entourage. He's wanting safety. And so he doesn't mind asking. He's asking for everything. Look at the next one here. He asked the king to build him a personal home. I mean, he, he's asking for a letter. You know, he's asking for a letter to the to, to the guy who's over the forest there to, so that he'll give him timber to build him an own home and to build the gates, you know, and build the, you know, uh, the, the walls back. And then look at the next one here. He's asking the king to foot the bill. The cupbearer doesn't have the money to build, rebuild those walls. He's asking the king for everything. And look at how the king responds. I love this. I love what happens here. It says, the king with the queen sitting beside him asked, how long will you be gone? When will you return? And after I told him how long I would be gone, the king agreed to my request. This is what I love. So Nehemiah was so prepared. He was so prepared. He knew how long it would take. He knew how long it would be gone. He knew what to ask for. He had put a lot of thought into preparing for this moment. And so the king and the queen give a positive response. So here's all this negativity, you know, and he's doing what is, you know, what he's got a positive outlook. He's thinking, hey, this is what could happen. So he's focused on what could be. He has a vision for what rebuilding the walls will look like. And then he gets a positive response from the, from the king and the queen. And so here's the thing. God answered Nehemiah's prayer. Nehemiah had prayed, you know, God, you know, this is what I'm asking for. Give me favor, if you will, with the king. Put it in his heart to hear me out, to respond, and to maybe respond to all these requests that I have. And so what I love about that is that Nehemiah, 
you know, he's going before the king. He's putting it on the line. He's terrified. He asks. He, he tells him what's going on. The king asks what's going on. He asks for all these things. And God just blesses him. But God answers Nehemiah's prayer. Here's, here's the other thing. I think there's a miracle. The king and queen were in agreement. I mean, there's a lot of times in marriages, you know, the, the husband and wife can't be on the same page for nothing. You know, and, and I know there's been times whenever Laurie and I have wanted to give to a missionary. We have to, you know, we have to kind of work it out and say, hey, listen, I feel like God's leading me to give this. And she'll say, I feel like God's leading us to give this. And there's two different numbers there. And then we have to pray about it and say, well, which one is it? You know, so getting to the same point. You know, here's the other thing. Not only is it the king that he's going before, the queen is sitting beside him. And him going in with sadness or anything like that, you know, she could have been offended by that. If she's offended, it could cost him his life. So not only is he going before the king, but it's also the queen uh, sitting beside him. And so he asked this, and both of them respond in a positive way. You know, they're both on the same page. They're both in agreement. And it goes back to the answered prayer that God had prepared the hearts of the king and queen. This is an audacious ask or request that we see that Nehemiah brings to them. But here's, here's what I love is Nehemiah, he trusted God. And he stepped into this situation and he saw what could be. And maybe for you, maybe you think about our nation and you think about, hey, what could be? You know, what if, what if there was a revival that took place in our nation? What if there was a, 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 an awakening, if you will? What if there were people that started turning to God? What if there was change in the hearts of men and women to where our nation, you know, literally turned to God? And so many of you may, maybe you're so focused on the negative, you think that'll never happen. And maybe Nehemiah had been around people that thought the walls will never be rebuilt. But you know what? He believed in something greater than what people saw. He believed in a God who could do something divine. And so God answered his prayer. God used this opportunity uh, that he had been given to do the Lord's work and to do what God desired. So look at this next part. It says, I also said to the king. So he's like, hey, listen, if I'm asking, I'm going to ask a lot of stuff. He said, so also said to the king, if it pleases the king, let me have letters addressed to the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River, instructing them to let me travel safely through their territories on my way to Judah. In other words, traveling, you know, uh, with uh, safety. And he had permission to go anywhere. And please give me a letter addressed to Asaph, the manager of the king's forest, instructing him to give me timber. And I will need it to make the beans for the gates and the temple fortress for the city walls and for a house for myself. He's like, hey, man, if we're asking, let's go ahead and hit it off. So like we said earlier, he, he got the house. All right, look at this next part here. It is apparent that Nehemiah had spent much of the prior months not only praying. So he was praying, but he was also doing his research and putting together a plan for the mission. And so too often what we do is we kind of have this vision or we want to do something and if you're not well prepared for that, if you're not well prepared to go in and, you know, before you go in and maybe ask questions, a lot of times people won't believe in you. And so I, I, I tell church planners that all the time. And I would tell anybody that's going to, you know, to start a business or maybe to try something they've never tried before is to, you know, to pray about it and spend a lot of time in prayer. But let God lead you to put together a plan and, and you know, and know what you're going to do. And, and so I think back to whenever we started, you know, stepped out to plant Journey Church. You know, I traveled around, I met with people, and I shared with them the vision of Journey Church. And so what I had done, though, I had put together a plan. I knew what Journey Church would look like, smell like, be like before it ever happened. And I knew how we would do things. And so whenever I would sit down with a pastor, I'd sit down with a, a group of people, and I would share with them, hey, this is what I feel like God has put on our heart. This is where God is leading me, and this is what we feel called to do. 
they would often say, well, it's, it's obvious that you have thought through this. It's obvious that you have planned. And we had. And so I'll just tell you this, you know, even with everything that we have going on, you know, right now in our nation, you know, we just got through meeting this past week with our staff to plan and put together things to try to make a difference in our community, to impact and to influence the people around us. And so we have a plan in place and we're not giving up. We're not saying, you know, all this negativity, you know, we're just not going to do anything. We're still planning. We're still you know, trying to do everything we can to fulfill the mission that God has given us here at Journey Church. And so I would just ask you, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing to, uh, to ask God? Are you getting on your knees in repentance and brokenness before God? Are you asking God to show you what your part is and confessing that, repenting of that? Are you saying, God, what do you want me to do? How can I make a difference in my community? How can I make a difference in the lives of the people around me? And so it's apparent that he put the time in. So look at this next part here. And the king granted these requests because the gracious hand of God was on me. Man, that's awesome. The gracious hand of God was on me. And so Nehemiah had spent time with God. He was in right standing with God. He was in right relationship with God. You know, and so I would just ask you, you know, maybe you're sitting around and you're focused on the negative, all that's not going your way. Maybe you're not walking with God. Maybe you're on your own path. Maybe you're trying to do things your own way instead of going, God, I want to line up with you. God, I want to be in line with your agenda, with your kingdom, your purposes, your plan. And God, I want to be a part of that. And so here's the thing I tell people all the time. God is at work all around us. What we have to do is find where God is at work and join him in that work. There may be some of you that go, man, I want to make a difference, but I don't know what to do. Look around and see where God is already at work and join him in that work. Look at this, this next part right here. This is good. Next steps for me today. I think this is what we all ought to ask. Ask God to break uh, your heart over the condition of your nation. You know, we look around us and we see stuff and, and we go, man, it just breaks my heart. But here's the thing. Does it break your heart to the, to the point of action? Does it break your heart? To the point that you get on your knees and you pray. Does it break your heart that you fast and you grieve and you pray for your nation? Or do you just complain about it? Or do you just go on social media and rant about it? And so what, what we see with Nehemiah is Nehemiah was broken. Man, he began to weep and pray and mourn for his, his city. Well, I'm saying let's weep and pray and mourn for our nation. Not just rant on other people. Not blame everybody for it. But to sit there and say, God, you know, get, break my heart over it. Look at the second one here. Repent and take ownership of your part. If you if you have contributed to the sin of this nation, and I promise you, you probably have, ask God to reveal what it might be so that you can confess that to Him and repent of that and turn to Him. And so, by all of us doing that, I'm telling you, man, it, it's going to have a it's going to have an impact on our community. It's going to have an impact on our nation. I believe when a man or a woman puts their faith in Christ, whenever they submit their life to Christ, they turn from their sins, they repent. I believe it impacts the people around you. It's kind of like throwing a pebble in a pond. It begins to affect those people around you. Your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, they begin to see a difference. Your friends begin to see a difference. And here's the thing. It begins to spread out from there. And so not only do we affect our family and our friends, we begin to affect our community. And then we not only affect our community, we affect our state. Not only do we affect our state, we affect our nation. And it, Jesus said that it starts in your backyard and it goes all the way to the end of the world. You know, so we've got to be willing to say, God, show me my part. Let me repent of that and turn to you. And here's the, here's the next one. Ask God to clearly show you what you need to do. You know, Nehemiah was asking, God, what do you want me to do? God, how can I be a part of this? 
And God began to reveal to him the, the plan, the steps, and the process that he wanted him to go through. And it, he did it with a little bit of fear and trembling. He began to do it with, you know, faith. Don't get me wrong, but, man, he was also terrified to go before the king in a way that would dishonor him. And then look at this last one. Pray and plan with God leading you. And I think this is important. Pray and plan with God leading you, not you trying to lead God. I think too often we, we see something, we kind of get an idea, and we go, you know what, God, this is what I want to do, and I want you to bless it. But instead, what we need to be going saying is going, God, I want you to lead me. I want you to show me what you want me doing. How can I be involved? How can I make a difference in my community? How can I make a difference in the lives of students? How can I make a difference in the lives of families? How can I make a difference in the lives of the senior adults of my community? Whatever God has given you a passion for, you begin to ask God, God, what is it that you want me to do? And how can I make a difference and be a positive influence, be a positive, have a positive outlook in all this negativity? And I believe that whenever we focus on God and we focus on His kingdom, His agenda, you know, here's the thing. We will see how God is at work all around us. I believe God's at work right now. I believe that God's at work in some of your lives right now. Maybe even today, God is dealing with you about your sin. Maybe He's brought conviction today because you haven't been praying. You have been complaining. You're the one that rants and raves on, uh, on social media about what you don't like or whatever. Instead of being part of the problem, part of the solution, you're part of the problem. And so maybe today you're just broken over that. And I hope that you are. I hope that you're broken over your sin. And you go, God, I want, to, I want to turn to you. And God, I want you to lead me. And I want you to show me what I need to do. Maybe you've never put your faith in Christ. Let me tell you, if we would see men and women putting their faith in Christ for salvation and allowing Jesus to change their heart and then them leading their lives in a way, living their lives in a way that honors Christ, we would see this whole community, this whole world change uh, for the better. I can promise you that. So right where you're at, I want to ask you if you would just to bow your heads and close your eyes. And just say, Jesus, I want to ask you if you will to come into my life. And Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. God, even today as I'm reading this, I realize what my sin is. And God, I'm confessing that to you. I'm asking you to come into my life, to be my leader, to be my Lord. And Jesus, I want you to live in me. And I want you to live through me. And, and I want to live for you. And I want to make a difference in this world. I don't want to just pass through here. I want to, I want to reach as many people as possible, just like you've reached me. And so right now, just on your knees, you say, God, I confess that I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross. I believe he went uh, to, to a grave for me. I believe he defeated death. I believe he, he defeated sin. I believe he defeated the grave. He defeated it all. And he, he literally was resurrected by the power of God. And he sits at the right hand of God, interceding and praying for me. And so, God, I believe that you sent your son Jesus to do all that for me. And with all the faith that I have, I put my faith in Christ. And if you will do that, the Bible says you will be saved. So right where you're at, if that is your prayer, he will step in and change you and adopt you into his family. There's many of you watching this. That, man, you did that years ago. But you're not living for God, maybe just like Nehemiah, maybe today God has revealed some sin in your life. I want to encourage you, man, do what Nehemiah did. Be broken over it. You know, confess it to God, repent of it, turn from it. Here's saying, fast, mourn, whatever you got to do over that. But here's saying, move towards God and His plan and His purpose for your life. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity just to be able to uh, teach your word. And uh, God, I pray that we would be uh, have a positive outlook in this negative world that we live in. God, help us to be positive. Help us to see the potential that is here. There are so many hurting people and wounded people around us. God, help us to be positive. 
Help us to focus on the kingdom of God and the hope of the world, Jesus Christ. Help us to be intentional about sharing Him with those around us. And so, God, we just thank You for loving us, caring about us, and ministering to us. Even in this negative society that we live in right now, God, we can be positive and we can have a positive outlook on what you're doing and what you have ahead of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you just made a decision to follow Christ, we want you to know it is the greatest decision you have ever made. And we want to help you with your next steps. If you'll text the phrase, my decision, to the number on your screen, we would love to help you as you start this journey with Christ. Again, we're so excited to see what all God does in you and through you. Now, we're going to bring our tithes and offering to God. I want to encourage you to put God first in this area of your life. We do that through our giving. Now, we've made this super simple. You should see a link on the screen and in the comment section to the Journey Church giving page. And there, you can return your tithes and offering. If you need any help learning how to give online and what that looks like, we have several tutorial videos on our YouTube page, so make sure you check them out. Your giving allows us to continue making an increasing impact for the gospel. So take that step right now and allow God to bless your obedience.